0: We are the ink to the page, Japan land the punch. I a mind, boom, pow, we got the stuff. We know they got story, been new. they got hot, complex narratives and black carries. Tell me where they see us, where I see us, where, where I see us. They want to be us, but tell me where they read us, now they want to be us. At the damn cage like a nigga from Georgia, insane and out the brain and lacking in origin. Act flashbacks and shots to the system, downloading new issues and sitting in for a listen. Where I see us, where, where I see us, they want to be us, but tell me where they read us, now they want to Hello. Hey. where I see up where I see it where I see it
1: where I see us. where I see doing where, I, that, see us.
0: Uh, where I see
1: us. We, where man. I see us. Hello. Hello.
0: I had doing where I see myself where I see it where I I see where I I I see I um, I'm cozy.
1: I have not eaten dinner yet. Um, <gasps> I mean, I'll figure it out, you know, later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what you been, how was your first week of back to school in a pandemic?
0: Um. Well, it, <laughs> You know, I feel like normally going back to back to school is its own sort of, um, uh, as my as my mother or my father might say, it's its own sort of to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got its uh, you got to muster up a little bit of get up and go. But I, I think because the 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 go is missing, um, uh-huh. it feels kind of like. Uh, it feels like running on a treadmill. Like, I'm putting the energy or, in, ugh. but I'm not, the scenery's not changing. So, I kind of feel like...
1: Ugh. A treadmill is the worst form of cardio ever invented by humanity. It's, <laughs> it is the most absurd thing. You go nowhere. You run with all force. You still go nowhere. Like, whoever made that and decided, like, this is excellent. This is, this is what we need to be doing. We all need to be running. First of all, those of you who are runners, <laughs> and if you listen to this podcast, stop running right now because your knees will thank you in your thirties and forties. Right, <sighs> It's not good for your, your knees. If you want those adamant adamantium knees, you need to stop running like right now. Yeah. Right now, do I something vouch for that. Something with some low impact, like the stair climber. You still get a or low, yeah, low impact but high intensity. That's that's the way to go, but you know, people get you know runners high, and they feel like they're doing something
0: when they run. But it it feels you know. good to to run. It feels good to. But you're right. I mean, we're not kids
1: uh, anymore. We're not little <laughs> kids running around for the for the heck of it. I mean, that could be fun, but most people who are running look sad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, good to they, know
1: they look sad <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I had a
0: little, little rocky music playing in my head sometimes but I'm, it's good to know
1: <laughs> sad y'all look miserable people who run y'all look real miserable <laughs>
0: damn but well, you know- that that describes though basically where I've been at you know <laughs> just the, the efforts there but I look sad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, way to describe. How about you though?
1: <sighs> well, I I'm teaching at two univer two different universities, and so one started, you know, a week before the other, and so I had kind of like, okay, I'm getting used to this thing. I got still got to fill out a lot of like paperwork and stuff with HR, and then like the other one starts, and I just feel completely thrown off. Like, oh, I. <laughs> I'm just kind of, I, like, hope I remember that I have a class. (laughs) (laughs) online classes. I actually have three online classes, but um, one of them is asynchronous, which I'm sure, listeners, if you're following any kind of um, discourse on education at this moment in time, asynchronous and synchronous, you're hearing it so much, so much. Um, But one of my classes is asynchronous, you know, meaning the kids, like, I record the lectures, upload them, they look at them whenever they get the chance to. Their Mm. deadlines are like, they're not like flexible but they have enough notice of when they need to do something. Like there's a weekly discussion board, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So, you know, there's that. But then I have other classes that are online where, I don't know, like the expectation is that we actually meet and it's just like, I don't know if-
0: Who's <laughs> going to tell them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I don't know if this is going to work out. And so I, I had the students vote and it- even they don't know. <laughs> <It's just> like- <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, clearly they're going to come up with a really great decision. And
0: no, it- <laughs> it's pretty the much at little- all.
1: Oh my gosh, but other than that, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy we're recording another episode.
0: Likewise. I was oh looking
1: forward God. to it all week. So, yeah. I'm
0: very excited.
1: So, what uh, everyone. What were you going to say? I've cut you off in the middle of the what? <laughs> our- in,
0: in the middle of the what?
1: In the middle of our intro.
0: Oh, um, I wasn't gonna say anything in particular. I was just, uh, you know, hi, hello, how are you? It's good to hear your voice. I'm just, you know, I'm just excited. I, I, again,
1: <laughs> my,
0: my energy <laughs> was the because we were, um, we were supposed to record earlier uh, this week yeah. uh, like on Thursday. Cause we, we were, I feel like people can tell us that, to a certain degree at this point. Um, because we've mentioned it before, we do record these, um well well before they come out
1: yes you know are uh, not waiting till sunday night and then uploading it monday no oh my like god weeks, we're we we are weeks into the future if you're listening to this podcast now we're probably already finished with the
0: season at this point. oh that's true that's very true that's <laughs>
1: this season, like we are relaxed maybe depending on our team No, oh, i'm not
0: gonna be relaxed
1: i know <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I'm, I, I'm I'm glad that we get to record, because I, I really, really was just, uh I just, like, Thursday, <laughs> I like, think, what was it, an hour before we were supposed yeah. to record, I just, like, I looked at, because um, I'm teaching as well, and I, I looked at my syllabus at certain things I wanted to revise, or, like, mm-hmm. uh, just some adjustments so that it's less stressful for the students and myself. Yeah. Uh, you know turned a lot of things to like let's make this a little more tentative Yeah. (laughs) so we can just uh, they know what we're going to do but I'm going to space it out but I just like I was doing all the brain work and then I sat down and my body went you're not getting up
1: (laughs) no yeah all of the intellectual like work that we have to do it, it also I think it definitely takes a toll on your body even though you're not necessarily like getting up and going to the classroom itself, like you're still having to do a lot of work and that just mentally will make you exhausted, which exhausted, which will translate into your body. So mm. I completely understand. I'm right there with you. I know there are a lot of people who are right there with us. So, you know, it's, it's the... <laughs> I, know, I have no words for it.
0: Well- <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Thank you. Oh. Our
1: favorite American um <laughs> It is what it is.
0: Um, oh, God!
1: So guys, welcome to, welcome back to another episode of Where I See Me, the podcast where we look at comics and media with lots of questions in mind, mainly where the hell are all the black and brown people. And so we're already eight minutes into this banter, but I'm Jamie.
0: And I am Marcellus.
1: And so today we have another first episode, maybe first episode slash second episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs>
0: we, 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 we can bring up both. I mean, they're both, they're, they're uh, I feel like the stories themselves are, are short enough to really talk about.
1: Yeah. And together. you know, just a spoiler alerts. Um, although you all should have seen it by now, but maybe not. Uh, I know that I am going to blend them both together. <laughs> together. <laughs> so I you know, just, just FYI, I'm going to, it's going to blend them together. But today we're talking about the new HBO series Lovecraft Country, which um, Journey Smollett is in. Um, I can't remember the rest. Journey, journey Smollett, I was just like, oh, in it.
0: <laughs> journey. There she is.
1: Because you know, every time she does um, every time she's in stuff she 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 picks good roles for herself i mean there's been a few that are kind of like like okay i don't know um but the line
0: she picks stuff she likes
1: she does right and like she she this is the second time she's worked with misha green on a project misha green did a show called underground
0: Um, oh i remember that
1: did you ever watch it
0: no i just remember the ads was it good
1: it was so good. Only two seasons, though, because like apparently, WGN America. Mm-hmm. You know, this so the show came out. I want to say around 2016, 2015 ish, mm. uh, and you know that 2016 was the election year, and WGN America decided they were going to go a more conservative route, Ugh. and they weren't going to have this this really great show and like underground. Was about slavery, but it was like set a couple of years before the Emancipation Proclamation, right? Like so, the Civil War was happening, um, but the story is told from the perspective of um, of black people, of the slaves. And Journey Smollett is one of the is one of the girls who works in the house, who we later come to find out her mom is the main like um, I don't know what they, what you would call them, but like the main like uh, the main slave who runs like the house. She runs the kitchen. She makes sure it's, like everybody who works in the house is on schedule. And that she's okay. also she's also the mistress of the master. Which I mean, mistress implies some kind of consensuality, but you can't consent when you when you don't have rights over your own body.
0: Yeah, true. But, as as as, uh, as slavery
1: does. Exactly. Um, but we find out that like. So her mother's name is Miss Ernestine. Miss all of Miss Ernestine's children are the Masters' children, and it's 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 wild. Like there is an escape attempt that happens, and like it just kind of goes from there. And the show the show is great. Misha Green, I think, like that was my first kind of um, introduction to her as a producer. I'm sure she's done other things that I didn't know. Um, what they were or didn't know like it was her because there was a time period where I would just watch stuff and I wasn't really paying attention to who was making it. I was always looking at the actors. Um, But Misha Green is also she's like the showrunner for Lovecraft Country and she's brought in J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele as executive producers and it definitely shows in the show. Um, So yeah. Um, Lovecraft Country takes its name from um H. P. Lovecraft, the the writer who invented cosmic horror. Apparently, I didn't yes. know he invented cosmic horror, but Well, he
0: because he was he was a big um most of the original like stories we'll find in that genre of science fiction come out of like him and like a circle of writers like like uh, that pull on the same, I guess like shared lore. Mm-hmm. But uh No, I mean, he, like, all, like, Cthulhu, Mm. uh, a bunch of, um, it's just, because he, his, all of his writing is relatively, um, you know you're reading a Lovecraft story, if at some point, you and the characters are kind of confused about what's going on, (laughs) and, uh, it gets more depressing <laughs>
1: oh, gosh. Okay. but there's
0: also something strange happening like it's a mixture of like I don't know what where or why <laughs> but uh I mean that's kind of what some of the show pulls out but at the same time I think there's an issue with um I, I was I was hesitant when I heard about the show coming out mm-hmm. until I saw the cast
1: what were you what was your hesitation
0: His stories are interesting and I think they I think like the the way they're written is really it's compelling at times because the characters are you know it feels like uh, they feel vulnerable they feel relatable on a mm-hmm. certain level but he's also really racist <laughs> yeah.
1: that is the that is the um, the purple pink elephant in the room is that lovecraft is a um late he's he's just like a flaming racist just he's anti-semitic he's anti-miscegenation like just he's just does not like anyone who is brown or black at all like just you know vehemently so and one of the things i was reading an article they were talking about like how you get that sense in his writing because he, um, the way he treats the other, right? The monster, mm. the the thing is always the other. It's the fear of the other, right? There's never this kind of like, um, oh, this this th- this is a this. You've got lots of tentacles. Uh, tell me about yourself, like you know. There's no <laughs> like, there's no like curiosity of just like, huh? You're different.
0: It's <laughs> not like a. It sounds like a men in black sort of situation. Well, no, it's definitely not a men in black. I situation. would love to speak to your wife. Where are your kids? <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely not a men in black. That's a that's a really good point, because men in black, they were super casual with them aliens. It was just like They like, had
0: a they had a basically a, a an immigration center.
1: Yes, yes, like an alien an uh Ellis Island for aliens. <laughs>
0: So, Lovecraft would have had an aneurysm if he ever read that. <laughs> if he saw it and saw Will Smith was the one of the main characters,
1: someone said he had a cat named like Inward Man. <laughs> like that's next level. Like if he had a cat named Inward Man, like that's that's. And I know I'm like censoring myself, but we just because like he's a racist. I don't want to say it. Probably. You
0: might evoke his, he might get some joy out of it. Yeah, voting. I'm
1: not, no, no. Um, but I'm just like, you why na- white people be doing the most when it comes like when they really be like, just so the the racism and hatred. Do you hate people so you named your cat that, like, really?
0: See, that's why he, mm, I don't know, I no. mean. It, if anything, I think it's it's kind of interesting to see a very hateful person who clearly like I mean he didn't he didn't make any money off his stories really
1: right um, he, he was like
0: here. obscured right and then he and he I mean he got married <laughs> I can't remember if he stayed with his wife before uh, until girl, he died
1: which, but. who what girl okay I'm like girl you're not, <laughs> you're not a little like you know how are you taking it overboard why are you name the cat that like that's just not I went,
0: it's low bars you know is low bars you know people
1: yeah
0: but i mean he, he he passed away without whatever this quote-unquote legacy is now um i mean there's so many things that have been inspired by him and like the world that he helped build mm-hmm. and it's kind of In a way, it's refreshing to see some sort of, I feel like in science fiction, especially like science fiction and and the horror aspect of of these stories, Mm -hmm. seeing it reclaimed by Black and brown people. Uh, I mean, this cast specifically is a very, it's it's pretty much a predominantly Black cast.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, you have Journey Smollett. You have Jonathan Majors who plays the main char- character Atticus, um, who is named after Crispus Atticus. Um, yeah, yeah. Tick is his nickname. You have Courtney B. Vance who plays Uncle George. You have Michael K. Williams. I was really excited to see Michael K. Williams in this show. Saying. Him, like him, he, him in that show talking talking shit was my favorite. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: um,
1: you know, you really have like a really great a really, really great cast. And so the material you have to work with, right? You have Lovecraft's like really racial, like super racist, white supremacist, um, science fiction material to work with and how uh, Misha Green and Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams have reworked this has been really, really interesting. And so I guess we should like, go into the episode but I also I'm curious have you because I know that you are very much into um sci-fi cosmic horror as well like had you ever, ever read any of um Lovecraft's books before
0: I i never read I mean I've I've played games um and watched like I've watched other movies inspired by Lovecraft mm. which kind of I mean part of the reason <laughs> i I think I don't remember the name of the game. Uh it was like you play this detective on this sinking city. I I I, I wonder if I can look it up as I'm as I'm uh reflecting on it. But a lot of movies I've watched like The Thing, um I'm trying to think of other ones, Annihilation.
1: Um, oh okay. they all have that same
0: oh, okay. sort of they pull from that sort of sense of dread and like uncomfortable. Uh, question after question, um, being um, asked of the of the main characters, or them asking, it's kind of like pulling a thread at the end of it. it's like <laughs> uh, something that can eat you with a million eyes. There's there's all this stuff that I had encountered, and then as soon as I was like, okay, well, we know like who inspires all this type of, of writing, like where? Well, once I figured out the term cosmic horror. I very quickly discovered Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh,
1: okay, cool, cool, cool.
0: Um, let me just, who is that? And I Googled it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to read his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, really truthfully, I, I part of me does want to actually read his original stories just to see... I mean, I'm I I feel like at this that was I was much younger when I first learned about him, right. so I think now I'm I'm old enough to be like, okay, uh, maybe I'll try and you know not he's he's gone, <laughs> so he won't be getting my money. <laughs> I don't have to just avoid the text, um, necessarily, but I I think it's complicated when you science fiction is not a space traditionally, um, or at least in conversation, uh, where minorities find comfort. Mm-hmm. And I think that's normally because I think the the, the stories that used to get a lot of um, wide circulation, m- m- like you said, there's the othering. They make us, uh, you know, either we're not included in the story or if we are, um, we're first to die, we're disposable. We're where yeah it's just there's so and half the time the monsters are just loose masks put on top of like our 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 faces and that can be upsetting i think um but it's nice to see a show that i mean there's been other there's lots of movies and and shows i think you know they center black and brown people, mm-hmm. and it excites me. But I think what I love about this show, especially in this first episode, is that it puts it puts you in that Jim Crow era, yeah. where so much sci fi takes place, and it says like, "Hey, the the really scary part is being a black person this time. <laughs> like the true the true horror <laughs> yeah. is just trying to be a person in a very inhumane." um setting and then they throw these terrifying things at you and you see like the flaws of people's like of their of their upbringings and all all the all the baggage they bring by just being fucking um uh bigoted
1: yeah yeah I think um what's really great about and I'm kind of like I'm gonna start circ- I'm circling back because I'm thinking about um you're talking about sci-fi and like people of color not really finding um traditionally in the like in the past like comfort or a place in sci-fi i um last i think maybe like sometime this week or like last weekend i was trying to watch um stanley kubrick's 2001 a space odyssey Uh i tried several times to to watch it and just I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get past like the first 45 minutes of it.
0: Um, it's long too. It's like,
1: long and like I paid, I rented it off of a streaming service cuz I was like I'm going to watch this, right? Cuz I'm cuz I'm like this is supposed to be like some, you know, masterpiece in cinema and like nah. I'm, like, I'm going to watch this, right? And also I had just read um, Arthur Hoffa's essay called uh, my black death, which he mm-hmm. talks about his experience of um, going to see um, 2001 Space Odyssey when he was a little boy in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And like, he went, it was like just, and it was like, at that point, the movie had been out like two years and had just made its way down to the South and they were just not playing it. And like, he talks about like just being mesmerized by the things on the screen. But then like at the end of it, he goes out and talks to the, to the, uh, the guy in like the concession stands, this white guy, and he was like, Sir, I just saw this movie. Can you tell me what it's about? And he's like maybe probably 13 or 14. And the guy <laughs> and the guy looks at him, and he's like, Son, I've been watching. they've been running this movie all week. I don't even know what it's about. I can't, even <laughs> tell, you. I can't even to tell you. I've seen it all week and I still don't know what it's about. And I just thought that was like really like that was like that was really like genuinely like a really interesting moment and Hoppe talks about it as this moment where like their race and like class and all this stuff gets broken down to like there's a shared moment where they have no clue what the hell is going in in this Kubrick in this Kubrick film and so you know he talks about like the whiteness of it like how in the space is this black void and there's a sphere of space sphere of blackness he also talks about like you know the whiteness being like it's very like that white films of that time of like the you know the time period that lovecraft is kind of set in and that it's very you know john marsha like all of that like <laughs> a weird boy well like, you know what i'm you know what i'm saying yeah like,
0: that like that uh american broadcaster voice that yeah. i don't give a damn if you're going to ring yeah. me out at all. i stand for what i stand for <laughs> yeah,
1: and just like I can't do, like, I just, I can't do it. It was just too sterile. It was so sterile. Like, I under I can understand maybe, you know, like the, the, like, beauty of it. It's beautiful. Like, visually, like, you just mute it and just have it on as a background. It's oh, yeah. beautiful, like, to look at. And, but, mm I'm just like, no. That movie and Alien, I fell asleep on both of them. I am
0: so. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised with Alien, but because it's a very quiet movie. Yeah. And it's very... <laughs> you can just linger and be... I, I think I've fallen asleep to it before.
1: I fell asleep five times.
0: During Alien?
1: In one afternoon. I had to keep restarting it.
0: Oh, my goodness. Times.
1: And I'm just like, you know what? This is not for me.
0: <laughs> That's fair. I mean... I think, see, and I think that's because I've definitely I've never been able to finish um, 2001. All the I get so close, but I I fall asleep at a certain point. Um, Alien for me though, Alien's the type of that's the that's my jam. That's the really? uh, that's like the the most I'm willing to go over for like you know cosmic horror. Like I'm I, you know the abstract of it is like is okay. I'm fine with going more abstract than that, but. The sort of like that cast is another example, I think, of of breaking certain molds mm-hmm. in science fiction with uh, having like a um the lead be this sort of
1: redheaded woman
0: who, because who, all that that's that story was written with all the character names said as they were but non gender specific. Mm-hmm. And so they really, they really just auditioned, uh, auditioned the actors, and it could, it could have been a, a male actor, it could have been anyone, it could have been a black woman, right? And they were ready to kind of just do what, whatever they had. But that movie just—I don't know. I think it sits in a not, the, not the same sort of lane necessarily, but it, it kind of has certain things going for it that I think this series, um. Like, you know, man, it they, they walked and uh, Lovecraft Country in certain aspects is just running.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think that's a really good, like, segue back into the episode. You know, those other two films are very, they're slow. There's a slow build to, like, finally see the reveal of the monster. Lovecraft Country, the first 10 minutes, we get monsters <laughs> and aliens. <laughs> right? Because, like, Tick is on a bus traveling to Chicago to find his father who apparently has gone missing. And, like, we also, as a note we have learned our lesson from the Dark Angel episode. We were not going to do, like, a play-by-play of everything that happened <laughs> in the first episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because yeah. that, that was two, two-part. That was, that,
1: was two that was a two-part episode. And so if you listen to both parts of, you, parts of it, uh, thank you. God bless you. Like, because we... <laughs> <laughs> we did not know we did not, you know, know it was gonna take that long. But yeah, Lovecraft Country, it takes it's like full speed, right? Because we get like this flash, like he tick was in was he in Viet Viet? not
0: Vietnam, was he? He well, okay, so this is taking place, this is Jim Crow era.
1: Mm-hmm. It wouldn't
0: have been Vietnam necessarily. I'm assuming it was the Korean War. Mm-hmm. Because there's yeah, like a, a, right. a it's right. he's, he's dreaming. He's dreaming on the bus, um, heading home, or like a greyhound, I guess. And you're right. He's like he's out in the middle of these trenches, and it's just there's like uh, there's the the giant monster, the giant um sort of robotic ships from yeah. uh, like War of the Worlds type type stuff. There's the there's, there's this a, flying saucers running around. There's a Cthulhu monster that shows up.
1: Yes, there's like a pink lady who like floats down from the spaceship and hugs. Like a, the uh
0: the Red Queen, the Martian Queen.
1: Yes, um, in which we find out he had been reading that book, A Princess of Mars, um, which I don't remember who wrote A Princess of Mars. That John Carter uh, series. Do you they
0: remember? made um a movie.
1: Did, I know I mean, Disney did.
0: It didn't do that great.
1: The John Carter Disney movie? Yeah. Oh well. It was fun-ish. It was fun-ish. <laughs> I remember me, and my dad
0: watching it in the theater when I was younger. And uh,
1: but there's like there is a a a, Prin- a princess of Mars movie. Oh, Edgar Edgar Rice Burroughs is the writer for Princess of Mars. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Which the cover of this book looks very Frank Fazetta.
0: Let me try and look it up
1: here. Are you familiar with Frank Fazetta? He did what is that, Fire and Ice? Oh,
0: um, okay, no, 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 I found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What's his face? What's his face? Who did Fritz the Cat? Um I can't remember. What's it, Fritz the Cat? You were the one that were telling was telling me about Fritz the Cat.
0: Fritz the Cat is oh my god! <laughs> we could have a whole episode about Fritz the Cat. <laughs> um, uh, Fritz the Cat was Ralph Bakshi.
1: Uh, Ralph Bakshi and mm-hmm. Frank Yeah,
0: because that was nineteen seventy-two.
1: Yeah.
0: That was like the that was one of the first like adult animated films with, like, a, a full, full... It wasn't just because, like, uh-oh, nudity or something. It was, like, full commentary on, like, race and uh, politics and, like, socioeconomic issues in America. Um,
1: I liked... I watched an interview with Ralph Bakshi, and he was, like, he was, he, he was, like, I made all these films, these animated films, because I didn't like that Disney, you know, people were starting to believe that animation was only for children. And then it only had to be for children because of what Disney, Walt Disney was doing. He was like trying to push back against that. Um, which I think still to this day, like there are some people like I'll be watching, like I was watching Avatar and my mom just happened to like walk by or whatever. And she's like, you're watching cartoons? And it's like, first of all, this is Avatar.
0: <laughs> first <think."> of all.
1: <laughs> and like, lots of people, like, adult people watch the show. You could see that it's more adult people watch the show because of how Korra, I think, ended up looking, right? Like, it had, Mm -hmm. it didn't have some of the same, like, comedy as, I think, Avatar, like, the playfulness, but also the characters were much younger in Avatar. Um, But, yeah, Bachi was, like, you know, pushing back against all of this, um, these ideas that, you know, comics and, like, Animation are for children that they're for anyone, right? And like there's so much you can do with animation that you can't do with live action. And I think we've said that before on this podcast. But this um this show, kudos to whoever the CGI team is because it looks really great. Like it is dude.
0: genuinely scary.
1: It is. I was disturbed. Like I told myself I was not gonna watch it before bed, but I was so excited. I'm like, you know. I was just like screw it. I'm gonna watch it. I watched both episodes before bed, and I was like, I slept five hours that night. And I had to <laughs> like, you know I told myself because I knew this was gonna be scary. But I was like, I didn't know it was gonna be scary from jump. Like, I mean,
0: listen, I told you.
1: You did tell me, but I still was like, I can do it. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. No, I, I should not have. I should not have done that. Um, but you know what? It, it is what it is. It's, it's done. It's done. <laughs> but. Um, I've seen it, and I love it, and I'm just gonna have to remember to watch it in the daytime. <laughs> so, you know, um, I feel like
0: there, there's it's nice though because they, I think, in them showing these these monsters, because so con like when when reading, um, like in trying to figure out more stuff about Lovecraft before we we talked about the the episode, I, mean, I looked at like different, um, short pieces of like okay well how does he describe the monsters because i know at the very least um i mean when you're reading a book that uh that tries to scare you there's this sort of sense of showing and not telling necessarily right like trying to get you to use your own imagination it it seemed like there was this sort of, at least me, the, because the, cause the show, these things with like a thousand eyes on them that that seemed to have like an almost hellish appearance. Like yeah. they look, they look, the texture's gross. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. it's it,
0: it It seemed like um they did a, I mean, it, from what I could tell, it looked like they did a good job of of evoking some of his sort of like, I looked at something that was unknowable and <laughs> unthinkable, and and a thing with like a, a a sort of a stare that held me like my own grave would like. There is sort of this sort of um, what's the word I'm, I'm I'm looking for the intangibility of of fearing something, mm. and I I think the fact that they show you these monsters, and they're scary, and what they do is horrifying, but like, even in the... And I was talking to my dad about the show, too, because he's the one who told me even to to go ahead and, like, actually watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was more afraid from the sheriff.
1: Oh, yeah. Hell
0: yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, this show, I guess if we're to describe any of, like, the... <laughs> like the plot so he's looking for his father right he's going back to what they're like Chicago
1: right like his,
0: Illinois
1: his father apparently had sent him this very like cryptic message um that's talking about something that is his birthright in Arden Arden Ardham which 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 is interesting because the story you think like so we're he's going to Chicago we're I was thinking they were the the setting was gonna like Move down south to like Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, somewhere, but no, they go to where they actually is like Lovecraft country, which is like like Providence, Rhode Island, like somewhere over there in the north, you know, I was talking about the North a couple of episodes back, and I don't geographically <laughs> <laughs> the northeastern side of the u s which people love to say is not racist but is very much racist, um just as much as the south so um but the story takes place there that like they're driving across country him and his uncle and leticia who is journey's wallet um they drive they're driving across country and apparently his uncle writes for the green book right
0: which is i think a wonderful yeah it's just connecting it, it's a motivating reason for why they're doing this but also it's just nice to see you see some uh, some black men putting putting into the system and putting that sort of like that. Um, I don't think you were there for it. One day we were we were uh, in classes and they had us in a meeting, and I brought up the concept of the Green Book. Mm-hmm. Just I just said it out loud like, okay, somebody's gonna know about this piece of oh, history, baby. and it was just like tumbleweed
1: wow nobody no like no takers nobody i
0: think one person knew and it was it was because of the movie green book
1: (laughs) (laughs) and isn't that that's the movie where um that white man drove around mahershal ali across the south okay the one okay
0: (laughs) the historic this the uh the white savior rendition of that true story
1: right they they definitely should rewrite that. You know what I wonder um I wonder when they were filming that Herschel no cuz this is the thing like you film a movie and you film all these different takes right
0: mm-hmm.
1: but when you when it gets down to the editing floor you could depending on how you edit a movie you could make it completely different from what people are thinking as they oh,
0: Absolutely.
1: reading the script right? Like cuz they could have Probably easily made that movie from a Herschel's perspective, but they did not. I, I I never saw it. I wasn't really interested in
0: seeing it. I I, I, I watched it. I I like. Um, I think I saw it like on a date. Ooh, okay. Um, it it was funny because in the, the in the moment I was like, I liked this movie. <laughs> what you talking about?
1: That's an interesting date movie, like a choice for a date movie. The- I, it, <laughs> <boo-hoo>.
0: <laughs> I don't, know, I don't We're not gonna talk about that part. Oh. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I digress. Um at the time I liked it because he is genuinely so good in it. Mm. Um and you're right, it really could have been from his perspective. And I think there's certain things that they they allowed the the driver character to do. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, I don't think this would
1: this wouldn't fly.
0: I don't know if this would even happen. I don't know if he would care like this at all. Um, and even if he did, I don't think it's his place to do <laughs> to do some of these right. things. Um and I I started to think about that afterwards, maybe like I think a, a week or two later. Um and I think it's hard because, especially when you're given a chance to portray a real person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think the, insti- the instinct is to just go ahead and like do it because it means their story gets out there at all, right? Because like again, one person out of a room was at least able to know what the Green Book was because of the movie,
1: <laughs> which you know that speaks volumes. You know, hopefully now when you have critiques after you know people have read. Books all summer on, on stuff. They might know what things are, but I doubt it because, you know, it takes time really to absorb, to reabsorb a part of history that you were either blatant, blatantly not acknowledging or you were never taught. Mm. Um, right? Because it's, it's like, it's almost like a zipper, an unzipped zipper. Like, the, the our history and the history of this country are very much like in order for the you know the zipper to function you need both sides you, need both sides. <laughs> but, you know it's just, it just you gotta acknowledge both sides of that the zipper to order for it to function um but yeah i i hate that i wasn't there that day because i you know i would have been like oh yeah the green book you know yeah and they would have been girl, like girl i was alone they were pretending like they knew what it was, and
0: they didn't. It's okay. I mean, and it w- I, my favorite thing though was explaining what it was. I could imagine in having like to it. resist the urge, like you, because you know, if it had been like you, me, and maybe Howard talking, um, and I like in in a small group, mm-hmm. I feel like I could have made a joke, but the, it was just like knowing that I have to accurately describe this without making a joke. It was hard.
1: Oh yeah, for for a
0: second.
1: Yeah, that is that's a lot of pressure to put on a student. Like that's a lot for you. That's a lot of work, right? That happens often in um, academia for students of color because, you know, we're talking about aspects of our culture. And I admit, like there are times when like like students who are like Latinx who are talking about specific element of their culture where I didn't know like, other aspects of it, but I've also felt bad that, like, they've had to, like, over-explain it mm-hmm. to me, to, not just to me, but, like, to the group, right? And I can see, like, the group kind of, like, like I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or, like, you see people in the group kind of, like, struggling with the concept because they never considered it before. Um, but it's, that's a thing that, I mean, we all have to, I don't know, we all have to do better. I think it's, I feel like it's, maybe a little bit forgivable for students, but maybe not so much for professors. I think it says a lot about the students they maybe have had in their presence over their, their, their career.
0: Oh, absolutely. That,
1: that, that has never come up at all, or, you know, I don't know,
0: but. Cause when I started explaining. <laughs> I, and this, I'll, I won't, I won't say any more about it, but the. <laughs> it, I had to resist the urge to laugh when I, um, explain without without describing what racism is.
1: Right.
0: You know, not it didn't go all the way back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like this book exists because of racism. Like black people needed to know where was it safe for them to travel and where was it safe, you know. I'm saying this now for our listeners in case there are listeners who are like, I don't know what the green book is, but I really like y'all's show.
0: Um <laughs> No, you know, no, absolutely. Because I mean it is it is a it, i mean it's it's why we need more representation of stuff like this in the media because it's it's a uh, it's history right it's history um do you but i just described the 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 function of a of a book that lets you know um where to go mm-hmm. like to eat to to sleep and whatnot um it's, for it's for partial. black people
1: right more or less really- uh,
0: during a, a specific era in the u.s and um I, I'm almost positive someone sent. Uh, for what purpose?
1: <laughs> no, no,
0: no. I just, re- I just remember not saying because of racism, and then being prompted to to conclude because of racism. <laughs> um, and that just oh it God. makes me think. It makes me think of the show, not just because of the connection of of him writing for that book, but because there are a lot of aspects of these like these lovecraft stories where especially because they're, the 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 these main characters being um a black family or like people from a black community them having to go well I'm not going to do that I'm not going to react rashly in this way why well one because I I'm I'm you know I'm I'm well read on this situation also because I are you my people don't just let me into into their house if, for no reason. This seems strange. Like they, they start doing the, like
1: <laughs> Yes. You know, we're talking you know, now we're talking kind of like about the second the second episode. I'm sorry,
0: I'm <laughs> jumping around.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we're not telling we're not doing a play by play of the episode. We're not doing that. We're not. We're not. Um but you know, so we were talking about the uncle writing for the Green Book and also, what comes up, which circles back to the title of the show and also to Lovecraft, um, is this poem called "The Creation of the N Word" of N-word, the N mm. uh, which I have not read. It don't know that I, I don't know that I want to, and I when I Google, I mean, of course, everyone who probably watched the first episode immediately went to Google. It was like, is this a real poem? And like, there are some people who are, I guess, like Lovecraft Hive who are trying to like pretend like he wasn't racist. Um, <laughs> who are like, this is such a thing and this does not exist. And then there are people like, yeah, it's real. Yeah, it's a real thing. Like he really wrote that. I mean, the man named his cat N-word. Okay? You know he wrote a poem <laughs> called The Creation of, of N-word. You know, you know he did. You know he did. And so, and even there was like, apparently one of the articles I was reading, there's an award that is like, it's Lovecraft, is a bust of Lovecraft for like some sci-fi thing, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And black woman won it one year and she was like so conflicted because she's like, this is like the highest award within my like field and this man, and then I have a bust of this like white supremacist in my home, right? Like this, she was like, this is not, I, she she's like, how I felt like, what am I, what do I do? Like, I should not be in this situation, right? Um, and so, you know, you have people who push and pull against it. Some of them were like people of color who were like pushing against this idea that he was racist. And I was like, where, where you come from? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, that poem gets brought up in the first episode because Tick, the main character is talking about how he loved, he loves sci-fi books. Right. So, which is why he was daydreaming about like that whole, like, his blending like the Princess of Mars with his time in Korea um, on the on the Greyhound bus or whatever bus they were on. Um, he read a lot of Lovecraft and his father apparently, we get the sense that him and his father do not have a good relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he does feel this sense of obligation to go and find him, right? He's not like, oh, well, good riddance, dad. He's like, okay, I need to come home and find my father, find out what happened to him because he doesn't just do, go, you know, also think about it is Jim like the Jim Crow era of people who just get disappeared. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Like you you think like, oh shit, like the, some like some white folks and come and snatch them out of his bed. Like he walked down the wrong street one day. But like they're in Chicago. And Chicago, from way they're setting it up in this time period, is I mean, they're in a pretty much a black area of Chicago where they feel like there's some sense of safety right? Because you're in your community, but of course, there's still, you know, the overlooming threat of white supremacy at all times. And so, um, you know, he decides to go look for his father. His uncle decides to go with him. Journey Smollett's character, Letitia, also joins in. We find out, like, she's like the... I don't know what you would call her. Like, she's she's not... she's she the Black sheep in her family?
0: It seems like there's this... There's this... Um, because I mean, we have we have Tick and, and his uncle as a, mm-hmm. I guess a um example of there's some um stability for his family in mm-hmm. them, but there's yeah. like a a father son and uh, sort of tension, like you said. For her, it okay. seems like the tensions, but be- it was between her and her mother, and the mother passes, and there's a few like there's a whole
1: right.
0: like she's always I guess uh instead of. I guess ignoring it kind of like Tick does on on some level, she runs in her own way.
1: Yeah, because they were talking to her, like, she shows up at her sister's concert, like, it's a block party and her sister's singing and, like, her sister's, like, surprised to see her and she goes up on stage and sings with her sister, which I didn't realize that's the second time I've seen Journey Smollett sing in a movie, because she sung in Birds of Prey. She did. And I was like, is that, is that, Journey, is that really you singing?
0: Miss, Miss
1: Smollett? Miss Smollett, okay, Miss Smollett, multi time I mean, that girl been acting since she was three. So I would, I would. <laughs> those of you who don't know, Jane Smollett was on, um, pretty much every sitcom, sitcom, sitcom.
0: Oh, you sitcom. out here making terms? Okay.
1: <laughs> she was on every sitcom in the '90s as a kid. Like she was on. uh, what's the thing with them twins? Ashley, Ashley Al- Olsen Twins,
0: sister, Full sister? House. Oh, Full House? <laughs> sisters, sisters. Sorry, I was like, I was... That, even...
1: That's too, that's much later. But she was on, you know, Full House. She might have been on a couple of episodes of The Cosby Show as like raven Simone's friend because they're about the same age. Oh, yeah,
0: um, yeah,
1: yeah. She was also, so cos The Cosby Show, you know, of course, there was a Cosby Show with like Theo and Rudy, but then there was also a show that was just called Cosby. She was on that show too, like as their I don't know if she was like their neighbor or something. She was about like twelve or thirteen, I think. Um it's like she was like a main like person on the set. And I think Felicia Rashad was on that show too. It was like it wasn't it wasn't like Cliff and um dang I forgot Mrs. Huxley's name, Claire. It wasn't like they were Cliff and Claire. They were mm-hmm. like some other people. Like, it was some other variation of the Cosby show, but it was just like Cosby, and she was on that. So she's been acting a long time, so, I mean, she she probably can sing. I would imagine she can.
0: She has been here. She put her time in. She got the skills.
1: She's been putting her time in since day one. Um, I really wanted to see her cooking show with her siblings. Um,
0: She had a cooking show?
1: Yes! all Her and all her siblings had a cooking show. And, like, they were... All of them? Yeah. They were all on the show together. All of them? Um, Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if (laughs) if Jesse was on it or not. I can't Uh remember. But, like, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of of small X. Like, it's, like, six of them,
0: I think. That is a lot.
1: It's a lot. That's a lot of children.
0: And they were all into acting at
1: various points. Because they also had a show together called On Our Own. And that was like something happened where they're like their mom, yeah. Nineteen ninety four, a family of seven children tries to cope with life without their parents. Um, uh, that was the premise of the show. So like journeys on it, her big sister, um, one of her brother. Like it was a bu- it was a bunch of Joe. It was like JoJo Smollett, Jazz Smollett, uh, yeah, I'll, Jack Jackie Smollett, Jake Smollett, Journey, Jesse was on it too. Like all mm. of them are on it, um, and so, yeah. Basically, she she's her her resume is long, it's long, right? She's been acting a very long time. But what was interesting, I brought up the cooking show. Is like they were talking about how Journey will like make the cornbread and like put it in the oven and then like will come back and get it. Like somebody else will get <laughs> somebody else. Will get <laughs> and I get the sense of that, like in her character, and that you know, there's this whole. Her sister is, like, very stern with her and was just kind of like, you can stay with me two nights. And, like, was, you know, she was kind of like, you can stay two nights and don't ask me for no money or something like that. But then, of course, Journey needed money. And so she ended up going on a road trip because they were going to be passing by her brother's place. Brother gets, brother, her brother, like, that fight with her and her brother, I was just like, ooh, goodness. It's like, all y'all busy. Y'all just fighting all out in the open with company. <laughs> like, y'all do not care. <laughs> letting
0: everybody know.
1: Yes. And so, um, but yeah, I think, like, to what we were saying, the cast is, like, really, really great. And they're traveling, you know, across country. And then they finally, they get to this one town, right? When, in the green book, it has it listed, you know, there's a diner that's supposed to be, like, you know, that will serve Black people. And then they go in that diner, and as, as soon as they rolled up in that town, I was like, "Y'all know goodwill," and I feel like Tick Tick knew it too. Like he was looking, they was eyeing them down in the car, right? Like as they were driving through town, I'm like, mm, "This is not gonna go well."
0: And there, there's a certain amount of, um, and in that in that same moment, like you're saying, there's these there's like clues, and I feel like that was like. It already has a weird energy that, that the town had a weird kind of vibe. And that's like a relatable feeling, I think, being somewhere and feeling like, ah, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> um, But the I think there's a reveal and they're trying to figure out, OK, this diner has a different name than what's on the list. Right. Um And they just like there's you. I won't. I won't necessarily uh, give away a review. I would if you just again, if you're an almost an hour into this and you have not seen <laughs> the first episode, at least watch the first episode cuz there is these three people especially the uncle and sick, um, are very smart. I mean all three of them really they keep pulling out like book quotes and like movie quotes from all these science fiction stories and fantasy mm-hmm. stories. And they are just so fuck uh, um, observant. I, I was going to say clever, but they're really just, they watch and understand what people are going to do. Right. And it's just, it's nice to see so much um, agency.
1: Yeah. Like they, they, they're very, um, like fleshed out characters, like you really are getting a sense of their like inner workings as people, um, and not just like I don't know, like some shows can feel kind of flat. Like I I started watching um, just randomly. I started watching, well, not randomly. Eric suggested it. I was, started watching Andromeda, which is another like sci-fi space show.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Which feels very much like. 2000s like space like you know space dramas dramedy kind of things and like you know you watch it because it's just like it's fun to watch it's not like you're gonna like uh you take away like any kind of like it's not it's not like a drama drama like this show is definitely a drama slash horror supernatural horror, horror um and you know the development of the characters i think really AIDS and like all of that those feelings like I felt you also I don't know about you but like that particular scene when they were in that town it was like a sundown town basically it was a sundown town.
0: yeah oh no doubt
1: <laughs> so, I, I always feel anxiety watching those those scenarios on screen mm-hmm. um even though I know it's acting they're safe right I always feel immense anxiety seeing like black people in trouble on screen. Like it gives it just like I can't, like I can't I just <laughs> oh, <my laughs> oh I hope they get away. I want them to get away. Um you know No, I
0: definitely I definitely relate to that. I mean, especially when it's these scenarios where it's just like I I felt I felt more I felt a lot of that same anxiety uh during that scene versus when they're in the when they're in a forest encountering a monster yeah like You're- then it's okay it's it's suspense i i can very much be like okay they're acting mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the them being in the town during the daylight
1: and being the, like
0: yeah. the pit in my stomach
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah. and being like you know spoiler they got chased out of town um by like a moth. like they were it was like some boy, like some good old boys on the back of a pickup truck with, like, baseball bats, and, like, I'm like, oh, no.
0: Some Proud Boys. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. But, you know, they get away, which is great, and they find they're looking for Artem, which Artem is in Massachusetts in the show. I don't know if Artem is a real place or not. I didn't even bother to look. Um, but they also talked about it being in relation to the Salem Witch Trials. Um,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So that comes up in the show, too. So we're dealing with, like, like multiple histories of things, like, American history coming into play in this show, um, which the Salem witch trials shows up in a really, I think, interesting way in the second episode, um, right? And that, you know, we find there's this this whole, like, secret society, which I feel like, People love love secret societies. I guess they just, you know, want to know what the secrets are.
0: They want to be included.
1: They want to know. People just be nosy. They want to know everything, right? Like, that's why they have, the History Channel has all those, like, documentaries about, like, the Freemasons and the Knights Templar and, like.
0: Even the, the, uh, sorry, sorry not to cut you off.
1: No, who, who, what were you going to say?
0: The uncle being a, a Freemason.
1: Yes, right. He's Prince Prince Hall, Prince Hall Freemasonry, which Prince Hall was African American and started his own um, set of fraternity. I don't know what you would call it, but like fraternity of free or s- chapter of the Freemasons. Because they wouldn't let him, you know, they wouldn't let him in the the White Lodge. They would they're like, no, you can't do this. You're what? You're black. Can't you be here. Um, and so there are there are a lot of no, that was interesting, but it's also not surprising because there are a lot of black people in those fraternities. And I'm not talking about like the divine nine, those college fraternities, right? I'm talking about like the like there's Freemasons and like Order of the Eastern Star. I'm not gonna name too many more other ones because I don't I want people coming for me.
0: <laughs> if you're if you're a member of one of these societies and you wish to uh uh, if we do any more love, love, a uh, Lovecraft country, you want to hop on? Let us know.
1: I mean, cause I mean, I don't know how much they'll tell you because, like, my I mean, I have family members who are Freemasons. They won't tell me nothing, other than they can't tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really it. And I was just like, because I remember asking my uncle about it once, and he was like, the way, and then the way he chose his words, I was like. You don't know, or you can't tell me, because that's two different things. And he was like, "Look, I can't tell you. It's some real powerful stuff. You can't be messing with that stuff." I'm like, "Okay, I'll drop it. I'll just drop it. Preserve the secret. It doesn't bother me not knowing."
0: Uh, it bothers me right now.
1: It bothers you. <laughs> I would like to know. I mean, you can't. You can't know. I mean, just I just I feel that I'm comfortable knowing that there are just some things I won't know. Right. And a lot of people are not comfortable with that um, aspect of reality at all. Like there are just some things you just won't know. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try and like understand or like know things, but just know that there are some things you just, you, you won't be privy to. Like there's some things you will not know. Right. Like I was talking to someone recently and like, I mean, this is kind of along the lines, but like classified information, but the, the CIA, I mean, in all of the catastrophe that is to 2020, the CIA or FBI just casually you know, said UFOs are real, right? Or aliens are real or so, something like that, just casually just threw it out there. And we're all so busy trying to like buy masks and all this stuff, we're just like, oh, okay. And like buying toilet paper and, <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, they were like, this is the perfect time to, to make that omission, right? That, you know, this is this is a thing. Um but yeah, like the, the 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 fraternities, the all of that stuff of history, um, it starts to it plays out in the show. And like me and Marcellus at this point in the podcast, like we've only seen two episodes because only two episodes have aired. Um, I I don't know about you, but the way that those two episodes felt, like, that they literally could have dragged the episode, the storyline of those first two episodes out in entire eight episodes.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I was just kind of like, this is a lot, right? We get monsters in the first ten minutes of the first episode. We also get more monsters at the end of the last episode. We get like secret societies in the second episode, and we get all this uncovering of of ticks like ancestry and how that plays the part of him being in this like. These these weird not I don't want to say weird but these like uh, mysterious uh, white people who have just welcomed Tick and like Letitia and Uncle George in their house you know like they're up to something right they want something from them
0: it's very and ominous
1: it's extremely ominous right like and apparently like Tick was the only person so the, the start of the second episode they um they had walked. Through the night, I get oh I hope they didn't walk through the night. I think they walked in the morning when the sunlight came up because apparently, which spoiler, the monsters um, are like vampire like vampire kind of monsters, but they don't they don't have like a human form like vampires, but they're like they only come out at night and they make like this kind of whist. They they remind me of the velociraptors in Jurassic Park.
0: Yeah, kind of like hunting in packs, shifting yeah. around the sides.
1: Yes. And like the little calls are like, that kind of, I don't know if you can even hear that. That was pretty good.
0: good. (laughs) I was was scared.
1: (laughs) But yeah, like we get all of that in the first, we get all, like we get two sets of monsters White, one is the daydream, right? In the beginning that, or dream that he's having. And then the towards the end, like we get some, we get real monsters and their monsters pop up at a time where they're about to like, where they're experiencing like life or death racism at the life or death white supremacy at that moment in time, right? Like, cause they had been pulled over. They had been harassed by like the sheriff. You talked about the sheriff being the scariest thing. The sheriff, that sheriff was scary, right? Because he, you see, like how he, he just kind of put them on this impossible like timetable, right? He was like, if you didn't know this this county, he was like, is a sundown county. So the entire county is a sundown county, not like not just a town, not just, you know, where they were were in the woods. And he was like, if you're heading north, you're not gonna make it. And so they're like, Okay, well, we'll turn around and go back. And he was like, Sun, sunset is at 7.05 or some, some arbitrary time he told them. And so they're like racing against the clock to get out of this county so this man doesn't decide to just like shoot them, to kill them. Right? Um, and then once they get out of the county, they're think they safe and then they realize they're not safe.
0: You yeah, know? It's, a, it's a false it's a false uh, promise.
1: It is very much a false promise. Um, but yeah like there's it just the show it runs it's like full speed also like the layers of information there's so much I can't I'm excited I didn't even get to see a preview of what episode three is gonna be um I'm really excited because I'm like I have no clue where this is gonna go because they fi- I mean spoiler they find his dad in the second episode Right, like that's something that could have been dragged out like an entire like 8, 12 episodes, like finding your father.
0: It's definitely, it's definitely from what I can tell, and I think what I think I can't remember if if we had talked about it or if I believe a friend of mine was telling me this too that it's more an anthology than anything. Mm-hmm. And so we're, I, I mean, there's so many stories we're probably gonna get to see out of that sort of Lovecraft um, playbook of of horrors and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do to make it feel fresh mm-hmm. and not get too convoluted.
1: <laughs> right, I trust Misha Green though. Uh, she, mm. She has a very good, like her vision, like when she was working with Underground, like that show had a lot of nuance, right? It wasn't like your, it wasn't like your typical like, movie or, or entry about like slavery the life of slaves and like how miserable and how horrible like we're not subject we're subjected to the horrible parts of it but we're also subjected to the moments of hope in that particular show and that i think was i, I real i think misha green like really understood that an audience like a particularly a black audience is going to want to see that because there are always there was always like there was always resistance. Like there was always, I think that's something we don't see a lot in Scream in those period pieces about slavery. We don't see the resistance as much.
0: Right? Yeah, it's a, a passiveness. That's... There's
1: always this passiveness, this miserable, like woe is me. And I mean, that is a valid thing, but there are multiple things. Ha- there's, it's much more nuanced. History is much more nuanced than that. Right? Like you had people actively defying the plant, like the plantation system. It's not right? a
0: monolith of uh. History.
1: Absolutely. You had these moments where yes, you could like people could come together. Like when they have like I think like Saturday nights where they would like have like their part like a it was kind of like a party or get together and they dance and like you know just there there's there was much more happening, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that aspect of knowing that there are these other aspects of life help you to, like, it helps you to, mo- like, like, it would give you motivation to resist, I feel, if it were me. Hmm. Like, knowing, like, knowing, like, that, I don't know, like, that there is something better and you have these moments where you do experience joy in this horrible situation, like, that could be, I feel like that could be a seedling to resist to keep pushing through and to like i don't know i don't know what, what are your what are your thoughts on that
0: i mean i can understand it, like the silver lining of of of, of what could be better if not understand. even for yourself or like the 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 um like your blood yeah this, your, is, yeah.
1: this is a note, we're not saying there's a silver lining to slavery there's no silver lining
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm
1: <laughs> none whatsoever. No, like, I'm. I'm all. just. I,
0: really, what I mean is, is just like in thinking about the way black people specifically have had to suffer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think even without even talk like when we had our conversation about dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Um. And sort of the the escaping um, from situations, in a, in a truly, I think, I can sort of like terrifying, um, you know, f- facing facing what would be hundreds of years of, of, of suffering and, and and that sort of the darkness and in, in a lot of the darkness and a lot of black history, mm-hmm. um, even without experiencing some of this of this pain. Still seeing this sort of like love and constant growth, mm-hmm. like when I, when I think of black people and black stories, I I really do look to Cosmic Core and other other settings because space to me is so beautiful.
1: It is,
0: and it's so, it, and it's black. Space is black. I do. and and I think the, the richest soil is so dark that it looks like space. You know,
1: that's really beautiful.
0: And I think that that's what I mean in terms of like a a silver lining. Like it feels like, um, in certain in certain ways, when you have these really horrible stories, it feels like you're describing like scorched earth. Yeah. But I think uh, blackness doesn't always have to to be this symbol of like loss and terror and 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 all these other things that were
1: absolutely Um,
0: made to believe
1: i when you talked about scorched earth it made me think of like volcanoes and like how in the in like the western mindset we think of volcanoes as like they're just, just raw fury of mother nature and it's destructive and like all of this kind of stuff, right? And the magma, like, shoots up into the sky and, like, it flows. And then, like, when it solidifies, it hardens and turns black. But really, like, volcanoes, like, they create new land, right? Like, that's what... That is... You're You're we're witnessing the creation of a new island or a new, like, part of an island, right? Like, that, you know, it, it's it's destroying what's man-made yes because we decided to like and i say we but i, I didn't do it but we <laughs> we
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you you had something to do with it i, I heard i sh- <laughs> where were you on the night of the fifth <laughs> that's her officer damn you brought the police
1: no this is a police free podcast <laughs> oh <laughs> um, but I think I think about oh my gosh you crack me up <laughs> but you know like you know people decided to like build houses near a damn volcano that they thought was dormant for for so you know many years and then all of a sudden you know we have like you know climate change that changes the, the situation of the planet and you know you have volcanoes that were dormant. They were like, "Surprise, bitch! I'm not."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was home the whole time. I was home the whole time. <laughs> I was in the, <laughs> the calls coming from inside the.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But like, just all these acts of um, they were even talking about it in regards to hurricanes. Like, I I I have this book that's on like um. It's called Working the Roots. I believe the author is Michelle Lee. In the very first section of the book, she talks about how the Southern United States is hurricane country. Um, and, you know, hurricanes are seen as this force to destroy things, right? But the way she was talking about it, like hurricanes, they clear, like they clear space and make space for new for new life, right? Like mm. that's initially what they were doing before we decided to come and like Builder, our houses below sea, sea level, right? And so, you know, what ultimately, like, you have man versus nature. Like, we're we're we've gotten so cocky as human beings to think that we can best Mother Nature. But this planet has been here billions,
0: at least years. like a minute, like a like a week,
1: <laughs> a week. We have been here a blink of an eye, in that. In that regard, and like I, I feel the plant—it's it's alive. It's adapting to us being here, and like messing with it. Like global warming is—I mean, it's global warming is a terrible thing for human beings, from my understanding. I, I will not speak any further because I am not a climatologist. I'm not. I'm not um, a specialist on climates. And things, but it's going to be really terrible for human beings because we set this thing in motion, right? That the smog and like pollution and just, you know, all the things that we're doing that is wrecking this planet and this planet is adapting to that by melting ice caps and like all this other stuff, right? That we're saying that we're going to be like, oh, um, this is horrible. This is not. You know, we we're destroying our planet. The planet's gonna be here. We'll be gone. The planet's gonna be here, and it'll pop up with some new kind of uh, life forms or something. Some life, like life, will go on without us. I personally feel like, and that's maybe that's very like pessimistic.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong.
1: But I mean, I really do see it that way. Um, but I, you know, fight fight climate change, you guys. Do your part. Um, also. On that note, while, I have, while I'm have talking about it, I would also like to say that I do feel this, um, and this is completely not related to Lovecraft Country, but it might be. You, Marcelo's is really good about looping things back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just follow me along, dear listeners, um, and we'll see if Marcelo's can catch it. Uh, <laughs> but I just think that, damn it, now my train of thought is gone. I guess it wasn't meant for me to say it, but I was.
0: Are you positive? Are you pot? Because you said it doesn't have to do with Lovecraft. you are talking about the earth, the reclaiming.
1: Ah, uh, oh yes. Thank you. Um, going back to my my favorite our favorite um, side topic on this um, podcast, capitalism, uh, mm. in corporations, industries are some of like the in, you know billion-dollar industries are, like, the main polluters of the earth, and I I hate how they try to make it all on consumers, right? Like, they try to make it seem like, yes, we're contributing to it, but they're trying to put all the work on consumers and not the people producing and putting out all this waste, right? Like, yes, we buy gas to put in our cars, but these plants are, like, emitting, like, all kinds of different toxins into the air, and, like, Sometimes they follow the EPA, sometimes they don't. Like they just do whatever they want because they're just trying to make a profit. Like they're just trying to make a profit. So, you know, it's kind of like when I was talking about another episode where they're like, that's my children's problem. That's not my problem to figure out. Like let them figure it out, right? Like later. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I do think that businesses, these big corporations, these huge polluters need to be taken more, like they need to be held more accountable. Or their their role in like polluting the, the 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 world and like the waters and stuff and like my like my age is showing real like it's I feel like by saying all this my age is showing a lot like this is very Captain Planet of me <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot of Captain Planet as a child <laughs> but yeah I I mean I don't know how you can loop that back to Lovecraft Country you probably can't but.
0: I mean, I was I've been talking about Captain Planet this past week. It's actually funny that you even Really? Yeah, I have because I <laughs> for whatever reason it's 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 come up a couple of times um in my household. Uh but I, I think um no, I think the, the sort of villainous <laughs> kind of nature mm-hmm. of capitalism in that setting is no you're I think you're right to have a certain pessimistic um view of of what everything is because there's a certain um right now is so temporary right but it's also very much everything and I think there's there's a a certain amount of responsibility we can we can put on ourselves but it's not (laughs) it's not like uh you know, I, I put one plastic bottle in the... I put one, I could put a million plastic bottles, right, mm-hmm. over my lifetime in um, the recycling. Uh, yeah. I mean, a millions a lot, but um, if, if I'm the one doing it, you know, I haven't prevented something when, you know, a company's doing it um, a thousand. For every one I do, it's a thousand per, for them.
1: Like per day.
0: Per Yeah, per, per day. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this there's this kind of almost it's it's like trying to describe to someone who's just learned how like when you tell a child you're not a child even just a a right like if i were to say hey i have a million pennies (laughs) like i mean even if we did the math like that thinking beyond a hundred visually once you get into thousand once you get into maybe like i think maybe ten thousand is about like a visual limit to, like a million almost means nothing
1: right and
0: it's this insurmountable sort of, of of uh of weight of like information
1: exactly which is why like you always see like people posting like they talk about a lot about like jeff Be- bezos being bezos bezos whatever his name
0: we don't gotta say his name right
1: that's true that's true we don't, um, like <laughs> it just reminds me, like people in Westerns not pronouncing people's name right on purpose, just as an, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know how he has like a bill, he's a billionaire, like he has he's worth so many billion dollars, and we're just like we cannot fathom what a billion dollars looks like. It's just like incompre- like incomprehensible to the human mind, like how we can like, how to visualize that. So, like, yeah, you bring up a really good point about that. Like, it's it's really... <laughs> we don't really have that capacity to, to get it. So, you know, people like that can do a lot to change the world, but, like, you know, they don't, ultimately. Um, but we take...
0: I do. I think I might have a, a way to loop us back in.
1: <gasps> I'm here with you.
0: um i remember when i was looking because something you said made me think of um a quote i had found in relation to like it wasn't a lovecraft quote but it was like within the lovecraft stuff Mm -hmm. like the 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 lore like I, i believe uh it was another author had written it um Actually, was it Lovecraft? Let me see. I'm gonna look up the full thing. <laughs> Hold on, give me for a moment. Um, there we okay. I found it. Okay, it was Lovecraft. Look at my brain knowing oh, stuff. Look at that. Um, the quote, especially when you think about the sort of the future and the the inevitability mm-hmm. of, of 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 humanity kind of being like we're, we're but like we're a blink. We're only a moment. The Earth will recover. But we won't be around to necessarily see it. Um, is a is a very realistic possibility. Um, he said at one point, um, children will always be afraid of the dark,
1: mm.
0: and men with minds sensitive to uh, you know hereditary impulse will always tremble at the thought of the hidden and the fathomless worlds of strange life. Which may pulsate in the gulfs beyond the stars or press hideously upon our own globe in unholy dimensions, which only the dead and the moonstruck can glimpse, and I know it's like he's he's trying to be a little spooky, and he's yeah he's definitely he's a little depressed himself, but I think the idea that there's things we won't know because we'll be dead by the time they happen <laughs> <laughs> like I think that pressure. it's a lot for a person but I think the 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 larger groups at hand like you're talking about everything leads back to being afraid of later
1: yeah the future the fear of change the fear of the future um the fear of ultimately of, of death you know um even like seeing it like I said like I have like I have a lot of anxiety watching black people in difficult situations in fictional, mm. in fictional like settings. So you can imagine like in real life that it's, it's like 10 times worse, right? Um, and I don't know I think like with him, what he said, you know, he's big being big time spooky, but I, I like what you were saying earlier about space being black and beautiful and like the most fertile soil being black and beautiful and the and blackness being this space of like, like richness and like, you know, we talk about like the void of space and the unknown, but like, I think that in the unknown, instead of like dreading it with fear, like mm. to view it as like there are unlimited opportunities to imagine a better future or to imagine a, like a whole nother way of doing things, right? Like I've seen a lot of people talk about this year in particular, um, and there are all kinds of memes talking about 2020 is like the worst year to ever, <laughs>
0: Earth,
1: or, you know, like it's just, this year is just dragging a lot of people um, through it. Um, but I've also seen people talking about this time period being a portal into another dimension. And like, mm. not to get all like, you know, theoretical physics, astro-
0: get theoretical on Theoretical
1: physics, astrology, where astrology and theoretical physics meet together. <laughs> um, but just in a portal in the sense that there's, we are facing the opportunity to reimagine. Like we thought our future was going to look one way, and this virus and like everything else that has been happening over like. All of you know all of the things that are happening as a result of this virus. Like we realize that even in a global health crisis, people still have time to be racist, right? They still got time. They still have time to practice white supremacy in a global health crisis, right? <laughs> And that is ultimately really, really horrible. Like that's that's horrible. That's horrifying. Like that is the real horror story right here. Like not Lovecraft country. That the fact that there's still Like, people still have the time. They still have, they still, like, they're still, like, we are all, like, facing this virus that could potentially, like, I don't know, wipe out, wipe, like, millions of people have, like, been infected, thousands have died, like, and people still got time to be racist. People still got, you know, police still have time to shoot people, right? Like, that, and I think that's what this show does really well, like, even though we have like there are these monsters and things and like that secret society right like
0: the people are the most cruel things
1: yeah like the secret society they know that um, these monsters exist they kind of can control them a little bit but they're like very like Aryan brotherhood like you know they talk about Tick being like a mongrel or diluted blood or whatever they said about him, right?
0: Impure, like impure sort of.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like the fact that we have y'all got time to do this. Like it just shows like how horrible the world, like this particular um, dimension or particular like timeline like some astrologers will say timeline but like This is how horrible this particular space um, is. And we have the opportunity to jump to a new space. And in that new space, we can create something way better than what's going on here. And not everybody wants to do it. Some people want to go back to like 2019, 2018, 2017. There is no going back. There is only, you know moving forward in this regard. Like we can't, we can't go back. You can't go back. And I think that, you know, I don't see where, like I said, I don't know where episode three of Lovecraft Country is going to go, but I-
0: Yeah, I have no idea.
1: I'm, <laughs> are they going to go back to Chicago and like just be in Chicago for, for the rest of the season? I don't know. I don't see them doing that, right? Cause this, I feel like all the events that have happened have set off this chain of information that has led to more questions. More questions. I'm just like. There's
0: bound to be something more. There's bound to be something more. There's always something
1: more. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: Um, I found that poem. You did? If you want to hear it, it's I mean, very short.
1: Oh, is it? Is it short? It is. Okay. I mean, you can read
0: it. We can tear it apart.
1: Yeah. Okay. But... Read it. Read it. So, Maggie <laughs> asked. Um, On this podcast, go ahead, read it. All right.
0: When long ago, the gods created earth. In Jove's fair image, man was shaped at birth. The beasts for lesser parts were next designed. Yet were they too remote from humankind. To fill the gap and join the rest of man, the Olympian hosts conceived a clever plan. A beast they wrought in semi-human figure, filled it with vice. Called the thing a nigger. And that's uh, that's what his broke ass wrote. Um,
1: that sounds real. Like I just learned how. I just learned how to rhyme. Um, and I want to be racist at the same time. Oh, look at so that!
0: <laughs> Look at that! You did that, and you already got more money than him. <laughs> a whole, a whole prolific author. That shit was basic as hell. He just
1: wanted a chance to be racist. Like that's all. Oh, yeah. That- like it's not
0: necessarily a limerick, but it sounds like a boo-boo ass nursery rhyme looking limerick. He just wanted to be
1: racist. He just like it, it- he just had to get it out. He was just like can't stand these n-words i wrote want a red poem about him like that's that's that, 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 <laughs> that
0: has, it feels I, like he re- like because his wife had him on like a, a, a um like an allowance and i feel like she was like you don't do anything and he was like I, I, um, um i wrote you a poem and gave this and she was like this is this is bad
1: that's why and the cat he, was he, named that the cat was probably the only person listened to his poems and so he, but then, like, also cats don't be really liking you. You know, if anybody who owns a cat, you know, they don't really like you that much. Like, they like you sometimes, but they don't really like you. And that's probably why he needs his cat that. You
0: about to upset a bunch of cat people? Me? Yeah.
1: They Cat people know that cats don't like them. They know. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's me, you're making me think of, um, you're making me think of, uh, if for anyone who's ever watched community there's a quote in that show that I really love where it's like I listen I can understand uh I, I can excuse racism but animal cruelty is <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Have you ever did you ever watch community
1: I'm watching it now like I'm just watching I'm kind of like slowly watching it like I'll have it on while I'm cooking um, but I, I would catch like episodes here and there not enough to be able to like quote it. Other than the pop-pop, like, that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that boy's from Harry Potter. Who was he in Harry Potter? He was uh, something Jordan. He was the um, Quidditch announcer. Uh, was he? Uh, was he? Harry Potter's got the snitch. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Oh, Harry Potter. I haven't, they haven't played a good Harry Potter marathon since this virus has started. I, don't know.
0: I think that? since uh, J.K. Rowling started talking,
1: oh, <laughs> that's right. She been trying out of her neck. Um, apparently, like apparently, she's like transphobic or something.
0: Yeah, like, she hella transphobic.
1: Then ruined the whole damn franchise. Like,
0: J- just read the Percy Jackson book. Uh,
1: okay, so per- the Percy oh, God Percy Jackson. I haven't read the Percy Jackson book, um, but I saw the first movie. The first movie was really good. The second movie was pretty good. Uh,
0: Ooh, these are controversial opinions.
1: Wait, the movie. Okay, so I do know. So I do know that in the movie, the author, I know the author was really upset that they aged up the characters, which I completely agree with. That nobody wants to take a chance and start and like start with children like they did with Harry Potter and then like let them grow up and progress through this this series.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know why people don't want to take that time. I don't to do that. I think that it makes for a better. I mean, look at the, the Harry Potter fandom is just like, it's insane. It's unfortunate about J.K. Rowling being transphobic, but I don't, you you know, that's the thing. I don't understand people who are like, you know, she was all like, you know, Dumbledore is gay and this is good, like, you know, whatever. And like, people were upset and she was like, get over it. He's gay. But then like, now she's transphobic. Like, like, how do you, like, your those politics don't make sense to me, right? Like how you can be for like, one group and against another, like, it just doesn't, you can't pick and choose, like, you, like, I I don't get it, I really don't get it.
0: The true horror story is bigotry.
1: (laughs) It really is, it is is horror, it is, like, straight horror, and you know what, I'm really glad, like, Jordan Peele is making, um, he's kind of, like, Racism times horror movies. Like I feel like he's about to create a new genre of his own. Like I really,
0: he's 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 doing. It's a it feels like a like a renaissance of stuff.
1: It does, and I think that um, I think like looking back, like maybe you know forty years from now, people are gonna look at those films and they're gonna be like, yeah, this was. It's like they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna write about write it write about those films because get out was just like oh my god like <laughs> i did not expect all of that to happen in that film and like he's been producing other things like there's another film called antebellum and you know, yeah yeah and yeah. i haven't watched it because i'm like i'm confused as to what's happening based on the trailer and then of course there's us is it us
0: yeah it was, uh, it was that the that second film he directed after uh, get out
1: yeah you know and now he's working with Nisha Green on Lovecraft Country. Like he,
0: he also he's producing. Um, he's the uh, uh, I want to say he worked on the screenplay, and he's a producer for the new Candyman.
1: That's right. That too. He's also doing the new Twilight Zone as well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Which the Twilight right. Zone, I love me a Twilight Zone marathon on New Year's Eve. Like that's like one of my favorite parts of New Year's Eve is Twilight Zone marathon onto the sci-fi channel like i hope they never do away with that because it it's such a like you know yes there are those shows that are like it's like like predominantly white cast and like i still we still like my family like i took like my family i think i've said on this podcast before my family still watches westerns like religiously even though you know there there's no representation of them in those in those shows they still watch them um because storyline or whatever it was good storytelling the twilight zone i think is really interesting and i remember i had my friend lauren which hey lauren if you're listening to this um
0: shout out lauren for the one time
1: <laughs> she was saying talking about how rod sterling in the twilight zone like how this show like kind of took flipped the idea of the other on its head really
0: um oh absolutely and
1: that how that kind of like how TV and media can kind of help towards like, everyone has a little role to play in like black liberation and like the civil rights era. And I think like TV media, you know, like Star Trek having like um, George Takei and Michelle Nichols as like the like first like people of color on the show who are not like a stereotype, like they're there to do like actual, you know, like they are actual integral parts of the show. Like they're not just there to be like, A comic relief or you know some kind of minstrel show Um, you know that show came out like 1966 I know this because I just talked about it in one of my classes I taught last week Um, but the Twilight Zone and I'm thinking about particularly there was an episode where there's this old woman who lives out in like a rural part of like the country and a spaceship lands in her attic have you ever seen this episode
0: I don't think so. I grant I haven't watched the Twilight Zone in it's been it's been a couple years.
1: I there's there's some of them that are just like chef kiss. That's like my they're my favorites. Like that particular one stands out to me as one that kind of flips the idea of the other because we're seeing this woman being terrorized by these little tiny I mean they're like little tiny robots, but they're like shooting her with lasers and like tearing up her house. And like we're thinking, right, that this woman is like us, like she's like us, she's human, and these aliens have invaded. And at the end of the episode, we find out that the the UFO has US, US, um, USA like space program or something on it, right? So we mm-hmm. find out that we were like human beings were the ones terrorizing this woman. Like we, it's, it becomes flipped, right? That, that episode particularly stands out to me as a way like Rock Sterling is like, moving around. Like maybe I don't know if we should have an episode in the Twilight Zone. I don't know if there's no
0: mm-hmm. We got
1: to now. can you ask a question. We got to I don't know if there's any episodes where there's people of color. Like I'd have to watch.
0: I mean if anything we can try and examine that ourselves and come back to it.
1: There was one where it was set in New Orleans during Mardi Gras and it was this rich family, but like he was a he was the butler, right? The, mm. the old white man was getting ready to die and he hated his family. (laughs) He was like old and rich and like hated his family because they were all spoiled and like just have varying different like things that he could pick at and be like, you're a terrible person for this reason. And they were terrible people, right? And he was like, I don't know what I did to deserve such a horrible family. But he has like masks made for them for Mardi Gras. And he told them to put them on And the masks are, like, ugly, but they represent some aspect of themselves, like greed, lust, vanity, and, like, they put them on, and at the stroke of midnight, he dies, and then, like, the masks become, like, fused to their face, and they can't take them off, so it's like, now your inside matches your outside, outside. Um, but yes, that, the Twilight, maybe we will do a Twilight Zone um, breakdown have to pick. There's so many episodes. Like, I know, like, To Serve Mankind, like, don't get, I'm not going to go through another episode, y'all, I promise, but To Serve Mankind is, like, definitely one of my favorites. Um, that, because it's very much, like, The Day the Earth Stood Still, but Ooh. not because, like, the aliens, it was, like, a plot twist at the end. The aliens were there to, like, eat people, like, harvest them for food, Um, which I gave it away, but I mean, it's the, it's the show that came out in like 1967. He ain't seem to serve mankind. childhood Zone, like, what have <laughs> you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing? But I'm really all I have to say. I'm really glad to see Jordan Peele, like, like to see his creative genius pass. Like, I mean, he was really great at comedy, but to see him like flourish in this new genre, that I feel, I really do feel like he's he's not that you know he's creating a like new. Genre of like combining race and the supernatural, racism and supernatural, or racism and horror together.
0: Um, he's, he's he's definitely revitalizing revitalizing um, that sphere of, of of storytelling by it's. Um, I, I don't think I've I've mentioned the quote before. Mm-hmm. Um, on the podcast, but I, I definitely have like a little, I have a little note section on my phone for like things that stand out to me when I, when I hear them. Um, there was, uh, the director for the movie, not the series though. the movie, um, they white people.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: Um, there's a quote, cause it got, I want to say it was either like, uh, best screenplay or best, it, it was a specific award. And, and when he went up there with the cast, um, something he had said to the crowd was that uh, he, I mean, he was more than excited to be up there mm-hmm. and for a long time he had, he, you know, he'd seen all these stories and movies and things that, you know, all these TV shows where he, you know, he loved them, but he didn't see himself in the narrative. Oh. And he said, if you, you know, if, if you're, if you're that kid or if you're that person and you, you know, you don't see yourself, put yourself there because we need you. Hmm. And I feel like that's, he's really ushering in a time of, you know, whether it's him or it's the actors or it's people he's producing for. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're getting some, we're getting some shine.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely feel that and it makes me really excited because I'm like, what else, I mean, what else are you going to make? Like, this is gonna. This show, I think, is completely, you know, how like to take this really. I don't. He wasn't. I mean, he was obscure in his lifetime, but like to take this man's work, who gave people cosmic horror, but also was like a, ve- just like horribly like white supremacist. But how to like flip his, um, flip his, flip his own. You know, genre on its head and like make it work for you, I think is really Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, And so I guess we're kind of coming close to time to end, but I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say we're both going to keep watching.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, no, no.
1: Yeah. I'm hooked. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm hooked too. I told you, I'm going to watch it in the daytime. Those of you who scare easily, who have sensitive souls, um, watch it in the daytime, maybe with a friend. Um,
0: <laughs> Those of you who just really hate yourselves, watch it at night by <laughs> yourself,
1: 10 p.m.,
0: double-digit times.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> no popcorn.
1: You know no my water. mom watched it the other night, and she was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and I was like, "Love in that country. It's really good." And she was like, they she was like, "Uh-uh, they're monsters. I don't want to watch this." And I was like, very shocked because. Growing up, my mom watched the X Files. She watched The Outer Limits. She watched Poltergeist. The T—there's like a TV show, Poltergeist. She watched all that weird stuff when I was a kid, and I would just be like, oh my "See, God.
0: but you—you you just said it right there. It was weird,
1: right? She likes weird. But I don't think she likes weird anymore. Like she likes true crime now. Oh, like she will watch a Snap marathon all day on Sunday. There are, but you know, there are a lot of people. My cousin, like a lot of people, love them. Snap marathons. I can't do it. That'd be too vigilant, like hyper vigilant. You know that you know somebody gonna snatch me. But the snap, you know, snapped is like the women just they just snap on their husband and kill kill them. You know for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, she was like, "This is scary. I don't like it. I don't know." But I think she told her boyfriend about it, so I think he might watch it. I think he, I think he would like it because he likes Marvel, and like all of like that kind of stuff. So I think he would, he would probably be into it. But she was like, Mm-mm, "I don't like
0: it." No, ma'am. Mm-mm. All right, I guess, I guess that's the, that's all the, that's all the juice I got on 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 Lovecraft.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's it for me. We did a better job of not giving away the whole show uh, look at us
0: look look at us <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness
1: we want to say thank you to all of our listeners thank you for for sharing the episodes with your friends it's been really great getting everybody's feedback remember like you can rate and review the podcast on all of the um different streaming services that you get your podcast on you can leave us a voicemail um what else like there's just you could tweet at us we have a twitter it's at, that's like, true where i see me all one word on twitter um definitely follow us follow us tell us what you think of the show if you have suggestions for show topics like let us know you never know maybe we were like it's maybe it's on our list already, and we maybe that's the next thing we record. You never know. So,
0: also, um, uh, a big, a big thank you to. Uh, if you've uh, stuck around to the end of our of our shows, you'll notice there's some nice tunes in there mm-hmm. at the uh, at the end. Um, that song's uh, "Why Don't We Talk About It" by Playdate. Uh, there are also some fellow uh, science fiction fans. Um, so big, big thank you to them for uh, for providing the the nice uh, the nice uh, uh, smooth smooth tunes. Yeah. Um, that song's on Spotify and Apple Music, so you can go and check out their music. Uh, but no, I think that's uh, I think that's it. I've been uh, I've been Marcellus. And I'm
1: Jamie. Stay nerdy. Stay black.
0: What we talk